Wake. Um, this evening, I decided to share a little bit from uh, Romans, where uh, Paul talks about the flesh and about the spirit. We're going to do a little bit of a comparing and contrasting these two in Romans and in the Bible. Um, We'll start by defining some of these words uh, with the Bible. Um, And there are numerous definitions uh, for the flesh. First of all, the flesh is described as the substance that we're made of, uh, that distinguish uh, humans from God uh, who do not dwell in the flesh but in the spirit. Uh, When God announces that he will limit the duration of human life, he says, My spirit shall not strive or stay with man forever, because he is flesh. Um, In Romans 1.3, he talks about uh, the flesh in the sense of a descendant or uh, a physical relationship. uh, And... So they're talking about ancestry, the flesh of the ancestral uh, relationship. Flesh can also mean mankind. In Romans 3.20, the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. In other words, none of mankind will be justified uh, by the works of the law. Flesh may also mean human nature uh, or even the weak human nature. In Matthew 26, 41, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, Paul's favorite, at least here in Romans, seems to be uh, the old nature uh, in the believer it has its sinful leaning or propensity to which we all inherited from Adam. Um, in Romans 7:18, for this I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. Romans 7:25. I myself with my mind am serving the law of God but on the other, with my flesh, the law of sin. Galatians 5.24 Now those who have been crucified in the flesh with its passions and desires. And Colossians 3.9 and 10 Since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed Uh, to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Okay, 
So all of those are talking about believers uh, and talking about this issue that once we're saved, we're not, sometimes we don't live like we're saved. We are living like we are still part of Adam. We're not taking on the second part of it, which is what we're going to talk about, the spirit. We're not taking on the spirit and living in the spirit. We're still trying to do it in our own power and live um, according to our own ability. Um, Ephesians 4.22 That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, that's what I just said, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust and deceit, that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God and has been created in righteousness and the holiness of truth. Okay? So pretty much what I had just said. Uh, you take your former manner of life before you're, you're saved and you need to lay it aside. Uh, don't spend your life as you did before. You need to put on something new. And this something new is the spirit that we'll be talking about in a few minutes. Um, Romans 13, 14. Uh, this is what we're to do. Uh, it's to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make, make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. So, we are to put on Christ. What does it mean to put on Christ? It's part of the sanctification process uh, where we are becoming like the one who brought us life uh, and we have to put away the old desires, the flesh uh, not always easy uh, Paul even discusses quite at length the battle that he has with his own flesh and uh, uh, taming the flesh and keeping it under control. Now, let's move on to the spirit uh, and what it is. Let's take and look at John 3. Let's start there. A very familiar passage to most of us as we uh, have Jesus talking to Nicodemus as Nicodemus comes to Jesus and wants to know what he's got to do to be saved. Verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. 
This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of which we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whosoever believes uh, in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, for fear that his deeds will not be ex- will, for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light, so that his deeds may be manifested having been wrought in God. Let's go back to verse 6. It says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Uh, And we'll back up into verse 5. Unless one is born of water and of the spirit... He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, as fleshly beings, as humans, none of us can get to heaven in our flesh. Uh, 
we don't have the ability to keep the law uh, and the law shows us how sinful we are how truly sinful we are and unless the spirit comes in and abides in us and lives in us and works in us and through us we have no way to get to heaven um, in verse 8 he talks about the, the wind and everybody knows that you can feel the wind but you can't see it and that's sort of like the spirit is in our lives we know it's there but we can't reach out and grab it even as much as we'd love to um, we strive to understand the spirit working in our lives better um, but it's usually a, a very difficult thing for us to understand um, understand the spirit and and what it does because we can't see the spirit um, only see how it works in our lives let's take and turn over to Romans 8 starting in the first verse Eight, one through seventeen. Will um, eight one. Therefore, there is no, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it is through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in, in the flesh. So the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Okay, uh, let's stop there. Um, here we're talking about Jesus and how he came in the flesh. His body looked like ours, but there was that one big difference in that his flesh knew no sin none of us can make that claim to know no sin um, and since he was able to do that he was able to condemn sin uh, in the flesh and give himself as a sacrifice for that sin um, and 
as he did that, he made a provision for us to be able to be like him as he would provide us with his spirit to live in and through us. Uh, Here on earth, none of us are going to accomplish this perfectly, but as Christians, when we get to heaven, uh, the process of sanctification will take place and will be completed and we become glorified. We have our new bodies, uh, our sinless, we will live sinless lives, we won't have desire to be sinful anymore, uh, we will have a desire to be uh, spiritual all the time instead of every once in a while when we uh, put our minds to it. Um, And therefore, uh, it, it is the start of a process that Jesus will complete uh, upon our death. Uh, and we will have glorified bodies. But until that time, God gives us or many commandments to live in the spirit, live in him, to become like him. Uh, not an easy task, actually an impossible task if we're living in the flesh. We can't do it ourselves. The only way we can do it is if we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and do its work of sanctification uh, as we become like Jesus. Uh, Now, does this happen automatically? Yes, the Spirit does come in automatically as we become Christians. Does it take over our lives and force us to be perfect? Unfortunately, no. No. so we have to yield to the Spirit. You know those little roads that we come into that are forked like this and it says yield. You know how we don't like to yield sometimes. Well, we do that in our lives as Christians also. We don't like to yield to the Spirit and we can keep the Spirit working in our lives if we don't yield to its working. Now, when we do yield to its working, wonderful things can happen. Let's let's read on. Um, verse six: For the mind is set on the flesh, is death; but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So, this little comparison and contrast. To be in the flesh, over here, is death. To be in the spirit, is life. There's no 
middle ground. If we're going to try and live by the law, it isn't going to work, folks. We have to live in the Spirit. It's not an option. It's not a option one or option two. Only one option. It's, well, there are there is two options, but the other option isn't any good. Uh, because we can live in the flesh, but that is death, it says here in verse 6. Um, but uh, put our minds on the Spirit brings us life and peace. Verse 7, Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not subject itself to, to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. So when you're living in the flesh, you're not able to submit yourself to God. It's impossible. Uh, you can't do it. You can't please God um, when you are living in yourself, in your flesh, in your old nature, in your Adam nature. Um, Verse 8, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You can't, whatever you're doing, if you're not living in the Spirit, just like uh, all of your works are like filthy rags, even before you become a Christian, the same thing here. As a Christian, if you're not living in the Spirit, what you've got doesn't please God. How, not verse 9. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. He's, Paul's making a, a statement. He says, you are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. What does the word dwell mean? To dwell is another way of saying to live. Uh, you have a dwelling place. Uh, sometimes we talk about an earthly dwelling place or a heavenly dwelling place. It means where you live. Um, if you're in the spirit of God... He dwells in you. But if you're in the Spirit, God dwells in you. Uh, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Him who? Christ. Verse 10. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive, because of righteousness. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, our bodies are dead because of the sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. Our righteousness? No, not our righteousness. Christ's righteousness. Uh, uh, 
Verse 11. But if in the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, who is the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead? The Holy Spirit. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Remember when we were talking about... uh, John 3, and he's talking to Nicodemus. He says, if you're not living in the Spirit, if you're not born again, then you can't get into heaven. Uh, You can't please God. Um, Verse 12. So then, brethren... We are under, under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. In other words, we have no obligation to be in the flesh anymore, to live according to the flesh, to our desires. Uh, we need to give up our desire to control our lives in this world to live our lives for this world. We need to be heavenly minded instead of earthly minded. Uh, If we spend our time thinking and contemplating on how wonderful this world is and how we want to do this and how we want to do that and how we want to do that in this world, we're putting the spirit in the the back burner Uh, because this life is sort of like a college prep high school. Uh, When you go to high school and you take college prep courses, you're preparing for something else. You're preparing to take these college courses so that you can do well when you get into college. Well, this life is sort of like college prep Uh, it's not the real thing not that I'm really saying we should not be living according to the flesh verse 13 you are my children Uh, and in verse 15 of adoption and here it, it talks about that we will cry out Abba Father, like a child, will call out to his same meaning, same. He says, um, let's see how far am I supposed to go in here? 17, okay. 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So, God's spirit testifies to the spirit that lives with us so that we can have a feeling of adoption, so that we can have that heavenly hug, as some people like to call it, so we can feel God's love on us. Uh, Verse 17. If children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, 
if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Okay, a couple things in here. We are adopted children, but yet we are heirs. An heir with an equal right to um, receive the same thing that Christ himself will receive. Um, But there's an if there. It says, if. Sort of like in Cinderella, she says you can go to the ball if if we suffer with him did I wake people up? (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, If we indeed suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. Um, It says that we need to suffer with him. What exactly is that suffering? I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure that as Christ was rejected and we put on Christ, I'm pretty sure that we're talking about the rejection that we're going to receive because we have and look like and hopefully act like Jesus. People are going to go, uh, uh, like Court said many times, you can talk about God and people go, oh yeah, we love God. But if you start talking about Jesus Christ, then they go, well, uh, uh, there's a whole lot more dislike for Jesus. But a lot of people can talk about God and say, oh yeah, we love God. Uh, But when we talk about God and they talk about God, we're not talking about the same thing. Um, so when we start talking about putting on Jesus and living for Jesus, then we will become uh, heirs in his suffering. Um, but with that comes a great promise that we will also be glorified with him. Hmm? Verse 17 says the suffering. Mm-hmm. The suffering in relationship to the walking in the Spirit. He's saying if you're going to walk in the Spirit, you may suffer. That would bring the result of being glorified. I would definitely think so. It doesn't really specifically say that, but I mean, if you think about putting Jesus on, we can only do that in the spirit. Uh, and usually that's when people start to get real antsy is when you start to look and act like Christ and talk like Christ. Because as he was rejected in the spirit, the only way we can look like him is to be in the spirit, walking in the spirit. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah, I wasn't going to go there, but I'll go there now. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is uh, to be revealed to us. Okay. I'm not sure that answers that question real well. be compared to that glory which we will which will be revealed to us as it says in verse 18 okay um, how should we serve Romans 7 6 uh, I better turn to that because I didn't write that down very well but now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of spirit, not in, in the oldness of the, of the letter. Um, we are set apart by the circumcision of our heart. Romans 2.28 For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision uh, that which is outwardly in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is inwardly, and circumcision that which is of the heart and by the spirit, not by letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. Okay. This says that a Jew is not really a Jew who has just been circumcised in the flesh. That that circumcision is actually a sign of something that is supposed to happen inwardly. And that's the same as us. If we're doing things on the outside, trying to please God, it isn't going to work. It has to be something that happens from the, by the Spirit, which comes in and sets us, whoops, sets us apart for God. It's a work of the Spirit on the heart, a continual work. It's not a one-day work, but something that God continues to do inside of us to bring us up in Christ how can we know if our life is led by the spirit or by the flesh how does the spirit manifest itself the spirit will drive us to put Christ on and to be in that sanctification process uh, 
it's a process, the Spirit will also lead us to give praise to God. Uh, and if we think we've got a Spirit leading us that's doing something other than that, we need to question where that Spirit's coming from because it's not the Spirit of God. He will give us the desire to read God's word daily to assist us uh, uh, to praise and worship our God and Savior. Um, I think if you really want to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, you need to spend time reading God's word and putting yourself in prayer as you put yourself in the headship of Christ, as you put yourself under God's authority. If we are our own boss, we are living in the flesh. But if we are putting ourselves under God's headship, under his submission, then we are allowing that spirit to work and move in us to become who God wants us to be. Um, our hearts will joy in spiritual things and we will be heavenly minded. We will think about the things not of this earth, but the things of eternity. Um, does it come easy? First hmm. Corinthians nine twenty four through twenty seven. Um, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to... Uh, oh, I mistyped that word. They do it to something... To, oh, to receive. I would put co-receive. Uh, to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable, one that won't go away. Therefore, I run in such a way as without aim. I box in such a way as not just to beat the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself may not be disqualified. So is it an easy task? No. He says, I discipline my body. I make it my slave so that after I have preached others, I will not be disqualified. So we need to, uh, again, die to ourselves each day, put on our little Jesus cloak so that we can receive that spirit and have that spirit 
working in us. And actually, we don't need to just do that one time a day. We need to do that throughout the day as we feel the flesh coming on. Yeah, like that act right there. Uh, <laughs> so that uh, we can you know, deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow him. It's a continuous process. Paul talks of, an, of the enslaving of the flesh and making it captive. Uh, you will have a desire to be with God's people because we all share the same incorporation in Jesus. Sort of like we're all a part of the big firm. All those who uh, have God's spirit. I, I know that many people have talked about this before. You go to another church and you start talking to this person. It's like you've known them for 30 years. Uh, because that spirit, we share that same spirit. No matter whether we're here in Cincinnati or down in Georgia uh, in Thailand, Japan, China, it doesn't matter where you are, you have that same feeling uh, of being apart. Um, so what I'd like to do tonight is just to commend you to put on that spirit tonight, to wear it each day of your lives uh, because it says without it nothing you're going to do is going to please God if you're living in the flesh nothing you're doing there is pleasing to God dear Lord we thank you for sending your spirit